0: the party, after an explosive breakout from an Elvkin-occupied fort endured a freezing night on the side of a mountain, along their way to the crown of Egadon. Come morning, or at least what they can best reckon is morning, after perhaps a fitful night of sleep, the cutting wind has picked up again, and Corio stands at the head of their small company, ready to lead them onward. Though she waits as everyone else assembles and gets their things and whatnot together, packing their belongings and working through a measly breakfast of dwindling rations. Vamak is putting all of his
1: crap away, rolling up his bedroll and whatnot, but like, I don't know if this is possible for Vamak, but he seems even more sullen than normal. He doesn't have the same air of confidence mixed with 99% arrogance. You know, he's keeping to himself like he normally does, but not in a, oh, you know, like, don't talk to me worms kind of way. He's got stuff going on in his mind, and he just gets ready to go. Doesn't say a word, puts his pack on his back, and then he just waits.
2: Rolander, come morning, very quietly and quickly, packs up his stuff, sees Vamok that he is fairly ready and set on his way to go, and... He'll just go and join him, not saying anything, but just kind of getting ready along the path to make way once the rest of the group is ready.
1: After a moment of silence with Rolandier sitting next to him, Vmak tries to speak, like, three times, but then eventually he does say,
3: "Rolandier, do you ever contemplate
1: death?
2: Contemplate? It crosses my mind. Perhaps I think about it, but I wouldn't say I contemplate it. What about it?
3: Do you ever think of how inescapable it is? Does it not bother
2: you? I don't think there's much to think about. It is what it is. Everyone is going to die at some point. I think to answer more where you're going with this, I don't think about my own death often. I think I more reflect on the deaths of others. Mine is something that, I don't know, I imagine everyone comes to terms with in their own time.
3: And what would you think of me, If I were to die.
2: Honestly, Vamok, personally it would be a relief. But you're needed for this group. I can't tell you exactly why, but I feel that. My own hesitations aside, you have much to contribute. And you have contributed much, despite the chaos that you have wrought as well. Your death, specifically, I have contemplated.
3: Do you hate me?
2: Rolandier hadn't been looking at Vamok this entire time. He'd been just keeping his focus out on the uh, the rest of the group. But at this, he turns, and he looks at Vamok. No, Vamok. I don't know why part of me says I should, but I don't. There is something that happened back on the islands. I think I know who you are, Vamok, and... It is something much more than what you yourself... ...often try to be, or who you let yourself be. If anything, I feel pity that you don't let that part of you come out more. Take over and control who you are instead of who you once were. I don't know if Egg has completely left you or not, but... ...the true Vamok, the one who had hope, felt compassion for those around him. He is strong, and he can survive... I think you just need to let him.
3: As you mentioned, Rolandier, we each have a part to play. There is a role for everyone here. At least one among us must be the bearer of bad news. One among us must be cold and logical. And if I am hated for providing that to the group, then so be it. I am not sure what place compassion has in my role amongst all of you.
2: If not compassion, then perhaps empathy? And at this, Rolander kind of hushes his voice and he looks around and he says, empathy in the sense of understanding and knowing who is strong enough to actually use the heart of the void and who is not. Scheming. And then Rolander kind of... kind of gives Vomok a firm nod. I know what you know what I mean.
3: Relandiel, allow me to make this clear to you. I do not currently have any plans to take the heart for myself. I simply believe that in times past and perhaps also moving forward, there will be unsavory things which need to be done and I will do those things if it means the rest of you may keep your hands unsullied. Do you understand what I mean?
2: Rolander nods. And honestly, I think that place is needed. Not just among us, but among any group, someone willing to do those things. And he kind of goes to maybe assist some of the others who are a little more slow-going. Gets ready to walk over and help them, but he just kind of turns back to Vamak and says, just don't lose yourself to that person. He just turns back around and He's going to go help whoever needs help finishing up packing.
0: As everyone else gets their things together and falls in line, working their way out of this little sheltered area, Corio leads the party a ways up the mountain. The going is rough. The path, though it is clear, is steep, and you're forced to take intermittent breaks. After about a half day's travel of relatively straightforward terrain, you can come upon a series of rocky cliffs and inclines that stand before you. The only way forward now is to climb.
4: I assume we do not have gear for that.
0: I don't believe anyone has anything specific uh, aside from rope.
5: Like just looking at this terrain, can we assess if we're able to scale it without equipment? Or is this the only way? Or what it, What does it look like? Yeah.
0: You could scale it with some, you know, being able to find some handholds and some little dexterous leaps, but it would be much, much more difficult than if you had the proper equipment or were able to tie off some rope or find some alternate way.
4: Does anyone feel confident in their climbing skills we could send someone up with a rope, perhaps?
2: I could probably make it up high enough to get some sort of anchor laid. Uh, Tie off a rope a ways up, but... That's a long climb.
3: And you have very heavy gear. Perhaps I should go.
2: Uh, At least leave some things down at the ground. You can always come back down if you're able to secure a rope and get it back. And now kind of more directing it towards Corio. Have you been able to scout ahead at all? Is
0: there any possibility of something that wraps around the face of this? As you've been speaking amongst yourselves, Corio was actually kneeling down a few feet away, brushing aside some snow and... Furrowing her brow as she looks up, you know, over her shoulder at you, having addressed her. She says, uh, uh, No, no, I did not look any further. You have been with me the whole time. But there are tracks here. I'm not sure what exactly. Some kind of dog like beast, I imagine. Judging from the pose, these are fresh.
4: Is that something native to the mountain?
0: Yes, of course. There are wolves and the like.
4: Okay, you would have said wolf tracks if you had meant wolf tracks.
0: Well, it is not similar to what I've seen before. It is a bit larger, and uh, it is not uniform.
4: That will go over and look at these tracks.
0: Anything you want to do in particular with these tracks?
4: Um, one, discern the like nature of them if he can. Two, see what direction they're going. This creature, whatever it is, might have a better path up the mountain, or be useful in some fashion. He doesn't know what yet. <laughs> Roll nature. Oh, boy. Nature! I wish that I was uh, more skilled and more intelligent skills. I'm not. (laughs) Honestly, this feels appropriate. Seven.
0: You've no clue what's going on. (laughs) Yep,
1: they're not wolf tracks.
0: (laughs) You know, basically what Corio has told you, and you can see that they are a fair bit larger from what you might peg as a wolf or a coyote in your time. Corio noticing almost the lack of insight gleaned on your part.
4: Val's <laughs> eyes just glaze over. Points. Go she side. points to
0: some depressions and indentations in the snow and she says, look here and here. At this glance, one would assume it is from the animal lying down or something, but the rest of the tracks do not indicate such. It is as if there is some errant body part. Uh, do not know what. A tail or Or the appendage.
4: It it sounds horrible, the way you describe it.
0: I do not know what you are dealing with, but I have only heard rumors of things coming from air's forces. I do not know what you have heard or encountered, but there are monsters on Aegidon.
5: Corio, if I may interrupt, I'm a bit confused. Are you suggesting that we follow this beast, or do all that we can to avoid it?
0: I am saying whatever we decide with the god's damn cliff, we should do it quickly.
3: It would be a safer course of action overall, to follow the path laid out by this beast. We should also try to avoid the beast, but it is certainly safer than scaling a cliff face with no equipment.
0: Perhaps, but we do not know how long it will take. Or what path the beast has followed. Perhaps it leads us back down the mountain, and there is no way around.
5: Well, speak for yourselves. For my own part, I think that I can scale this mountain. And Mick is pretty confident that she has the ability to, to go up there and, you know, with perfect for pr- proficiency. So um, Mick is actually going to.
1: For Mark, hearing this is going to turn around and say, Mick, I trust you
3: completely. Please scale the cliff.
5: Nick is gonna kind of give a cheesy smile to Vamok and kind of pay no heed to his lack, uh, is very apparent lack of confidence in her abilities, and will start to go up.
0: All right, just looking for handholds and you know natural juttings of stone to step on and climb up from. Roll athletics.
2: While Mick is doing this, Rolander is going to position himself beneath Mick in case. Some tragic accident happens.
5: <laughs> and you betcha that's what's gonna happen, because I rolled an eight. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, gosh. I get that glazed over look like Val just did. <laughs> so, like, how do you move?
0: <laughs> yeah. You make it a good eight to ten feet up the side of this cliff, and then it starts to invert, You know, jutting a little outwards more, so you're almost climbing on the underside of it. You can spot a handhold that you could potentially reach, but it would require a leap. Otherwise, you, there seems to be no other way forward from the position you've gotten yourself into other than straight down.
5: Mick is going to risk it for the biscuit and is going to take that leap. Okay,
0: roll acrobatics.
5: Uh, Calc 20. Nice.
0: Hoisting yourself up, you take this leap and you bound a ways across the underside of this cliff face coming to a part where it is now straight up and sheer again and you grab onto the the only handhold you can find hanging off the edge you're about 13 feet up now your legs dangling you're gonna have to do let's say a strength saving throw
5: oh gosh okay
0: in order to keep from falling
5: oh yeah no you You basically you're just
0: (laughs) yeah you're holding on with your fingers 21 you are able to hold on and pull yourself up another four to five feet. Now, scaling this cliffside again, you've found footholds, handholds, and there's even a little outcropping that you could potentially leap to if you wanted. That's are, uh, maybe, say, four feet away and just a few feet
5: up. And, and can potentially take a break, I'm assuming. like,
0: Yes, yes. It's almost like a little ledge.
5: Okay, yeah, Mick is going to attempt that then. I assume acrobatics? Yes. I got 18.
0: You are able to get to the ledge. Without too much difficulty, there's a little slip, a moment of will you fall and then you don't. And then looking down at your compatriots, who are 20-ish to 30-ish feet now down from you, you're about a third of the way up the first cliff.
5: Oh, Bloomin' Hain. Okay, and then... (laughs) How, how big is this outcropping?
0: Enough for two of you to stand side by side on. But it's only only about the width of your foot from heel to toe.
5: Well, Mick is going to say, Whew, That was a close one. Anybody care to join me up here?
2: Is there a way you can attach a rope or something to aid the others up?
5: Mick is going to look around and look for something to attach a rope or... Uh, First, we'll look for something to attach rope to.
0: In your immediate proximity, there is nothing. But looking diagonally upward say, 30 feet or so, there's a larger outcropping with some jagged rocks that you could probably tie some sort of anchor to.
5: Okay.
0: But again, 30 feet up from where you currently are.
4: I don't know about everyone in this group, but I do not feel particularly confident in my physical abilities to do what Meg is doing.
0: If we can get a rope down,
2: then at least we could hoist someone up, but I agree, it's, one, more tedious than I imagined, seeing how she was almost not making some of those jumps, but it's a long ways.
4: Perhaps we check out the path of the beast and return here if it is fruitless. So, is anybody coming up? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't look like it, no. You should probably come back down if you can do so safely.
5: Oh, bugger. And then Nick is going <laughs> to, Nick is bum uh, slide. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Nick is going to attempt to safely come back down this mountain.
1: All right,
0: uh, athletics to climb back down.
1: Man, Vamak is going to start doing some reverse psychology bullcrap Like next time we come to this, he's going to be like, "We should definitely go up the cliff. That way, everybody will be like let 'Let's go to the path of the beast.'" Um.
5: <laughs> Honestly, it would probably work. Natural 20, baby.
0: For a total of?
5: 22.
0: Okay. You make it all but the last eight feet down, and then you slip. Oh, gosh. So you fall eight feet, and Rolandier can catch you. I won't even require (laughs) a roll since you've been prepared there. Yes. I got you. It's not a soft landing, but you're safe and sound, and as you get your feet on solid ground, Corio cocks her head down the path, leading away from the cliff, and she'll take you on this detour.
5: Let's do it. Sounds good.
0: This side of the mountain, it's a bit more treacherous, in fact. You're not walking on solid ground or even a flat plain. There's a bit of an incline like as if you're walking just on the side of a hill or such. Beneath the snow seems to be mostly loose stone, and as everyone keeps pushing on behind Corio, I'm gonna need dexterity saving throws from every single party member.
4: Awesome. Uh, Ooh, I love scaling a mountain.
0: Uh, Rolandir got a
2: 14 on his dexterity saving throw. Uh,
5: Mick got a 26. Val got a 10.
1: Brynjir got a 29.
0: Vamak got 22. Rolandier right behind Corio, you slip a bit, but she reaches back since she got much higher than you did (laughs) and catches you Val on the other hand near the back with Luna slips and you slide down a good eight feet kind of just on your hands and knees looking up the mountainside before you just slow to a stop on the snow and gravel
4: I hate that, that is so scary
0: Luna will just gingerly pick her way down inch by inch and reach out her hand for you to grab
4: I will take it, without question. Lauro feels like this might not be the best way to rescue me, but...
0: <laughs> she pulls you to your feet. You've scraped up your hands a bit, but you're back on track with the rest of the group. And it seems you haven't lost anything but a few precious seconds. There's a bit of a climb ahead that Corio will even note. It's not steep like the cliff that you were facing before, but it is more of the snow and gravel. And Corio goes up on all fours and it's about a good 13-15 feet of climbing and when she crests the top she immediately crouches down and does a shushing motion for the rest of you and then motions the lot of you to come up and follow you're able to make it up with time without too much difficulty and seeing below there is a small burrow a cave of sorts at least the mouth of a cave and a trail that seems to then switch back up, leading past the burrow. The tracks are all in here. Most of the snow in the, you know, this tiny little bowl is melted or it's been mushed down into mud and slush. There aren't any signs of the beasts or whatnot, though Corio continues to not make a sound as she then descends into the burrow.
1: Those tracks that we initially saw that were irregular. Could that irregularity have been perhaps another animal that this beast was dragging? Or was it, like, I guess what I'm saying is, is it was it like a constant dragging, or was it like every so often there's like a fifth footprint or something?
0: No, it's more like there were two or three footprints that weren't in normal patterns, and then there was something as if it were dragging a tail, or if it had an arm, dragging an arm intermittently in the snow.
2: Uh, I I presume, at least Rolandir is presuming in his brain and he's trying to be a stealthy approacher of this burrow, not to make any noise or disturbances along the way.
0: If you wish to, then roll stealth. He he does wish. He does wish that.
4: I wish the same for him.
0: That's a
2: nine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fitting of someone with with plate armor.
4: they like terrible rolls.
0: As you follow Corio into this tiny Valley outside the burrow What you'd grown accustomed to was This sort of earthy You know just natural smell That was all along the mountainside Plain uh, Unnoticeable really But as you come here you're affronted Now with this Sickly stench That you know is, Is rotting flesh of some sort But along with it Is this sort of You're not quite sure. Almost smoky, acrid. Regardless, it makes your nostrils sting and your eyes water.
1: Is there anything that a survival check could tell me about the situation? Nature. Okay, well, I was kind of going for survival because I was trained in that. Um, Nature? Eh, screw it. I'm going to. Vimok will try doing a little
0: nature check. Hot dog. Vimok got a 22. As Vamok works his way down into the, you know, by the burrow as well, and you are affronted by this stench, you know that though part of it is natural, part of it is not. Though it may be the smell of burnt flesh, there's definitely no reason why a wolf's den or whatever this is would have fire or anything near it that would be capable of producing such a smell. Is Vamok next to Rolandir? Yes. Vamak, Rolandir, and Corio have made their way toward the burrow. Everyone else is still on the cusp of this
1: hill bordering it. Vamak will kind of reach out a hand to both Corio and Rolandir and say, Be
3: wary. I do not believe this is any natural beast or creature that resides here. It is something else. Some aberration.
2: Uh, Rolandir just gives a it- silent nod, and then turning to Corio. Is there a way around this spot to the path behind? I would really rather avoid it altogether.
0: We will get the bill or we'll turns the way we came.
2: Relanger's going to turn back to the others who are kind of waiting around the cusp and just wave them on. Again, with a finger to the mouth indicating to be quiet.
4: Sneaky sneak. Val will descend as well, sort of trying to follow the path that Corio took since she's been the quietest so far.
5: Yeah, I think that Mick would also descend into this burrow uh, following Val's lead.
0: Yeah, Brinier will go as well.
4: Do you want stealth rolls from the rest of us, Ryan, or are we going to get got? It
0: depends <laughs> if you want to be stealthy.
4: I, I Val is trying, so. All
0: right.
4: <laughs> 21.
0: Vamak got a 12 for his stealth roll.
5: Mick got 29.
0: As all of you are now at the mouth of this cave, working your way across this patch of ground to the switchbacks on the other side, you hear a small, yup from inside the cave. Just from the sunlight, well, the twilight, really, that's still coming through these clouds that are above you, you see a pair of glowing eyes. I don't, don't like this.
1: Vamak is going to ready the
0: halberd that he took with him from the kin armory. You hear the slightest, you know, scraping of metal as Corio draws a blade and continues to slowly pad her way across this clearing.
2: Rolandia readies his sword as well as he goes along. Brynjir his spear.
4: I honestly don't know if Val has a dagger anymore, but if he does, he'll get it out. And if he doesn't,
5: he'll just keep on going. Immick will take out her scimitar. You
0: hear a few more growls and yips from inside this cave and three more pairs of these eyes push to the forefront and then one of them, the first one, pushes a little ways into the light and you see this sort of canine head looking out at you. The fur on its head is short and as it paws forward the legs too seem almost bare but then it's covered in this almost like coat of fur however you can see these fangs jutting out from its mouth as its lips are curled back in a snarl its ears are perked up and throughout its skin you see these engorged veins pressing up against the skin the fur seems to be matted with snow but also with blood and parts are also singed as it then steps further out. You see one of its back legs is just being dragged along the ground, and coming from it is just leaking this thick, almost purple fluid. And then three, four, five more pairs of eyes start glowing in the cave, and more of these canines step out into the clearing. Two of them start to circle around to the hill that you'd just climbed down. So behind us? Yes. As they're, like,
1: doing this, the mock will say to one of the others, perhaps Mick or Val or somebody that isn't Brynir or Rolandir, and say, it might be prudent to light a torch.
3: Fire seems to be somewhat effective against them, noting the singed fur
0: All of them, in fact, seem to be singed or cut or bruised or bleeding in some way, shape, or form. And this leading one that came out first gives another little yup and then takes a step forward. As it does, it's slightly arched, the shoulders of its forelegs like rising and falling with each big step that it takes, its head close to the ground.
1: Can I do just like an animal handling to see if it looks like they are about to attack or if they're just like protecting their territory? Like, like, like are these guys like super aggressive or is it like, uh, we just got beat up so we're not feeling great?
0: Roll. 16. As Vamok takes a closer look at this creature in front of you, trying to gauge its next move, its intentions whether or not it's just being territorial trying to scare you being curious or about to attack, you notice something. Finally, in its gait, in its eyes, in its maw, it's dead. Oh, no.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's I don't nuts. like that. <laughs> I don't love that. Mick, at this moment, uh, upon hearing Vamok's instruction, will try to light up a, some kind of torch or something.
0: Yeah, you can. And as soon as you do these creatures begin to howl and yip and yip and start to encircle you even more. In total now, there are seven of them that you can see clearly. Three of them are right at the mouth of this burrow, this den, and have come out a ways. Two of them have circled around to the hill that you came from, and two of them have circled the other way, blocking the path to the switchbacks.
1: Okay, mock will communicate...
3: Do not turn your backs on his creatures. There is something afoot here. They are no longer alive.
2: Dead or alive. I honestly think we stand a better chance pushing our way up the hill. Fight through those two there, he says, nodding to the ones in the direction that is blocking where they want to go. Leave our fighters to the back and then let the others push forward and, I don't know, let them push us up the mountain if they need to. But eventually we should be able to get to a defensible position. I don't like being surrounded. And he's kind of backing up more towards, like, the side where Corio is and up where those other two beasts were.
4: I'm for that. Can we do that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, um, uh, hearing that, Vamok will respond. Luna,
3: Val, and Mick, you three should go ahead and remain wary. The rest of us will stay here and occupy these creatures.
2: Corio and I will clear the path for these two at least, and then as soon as they're out of the way, you go.
4: Alright. Alright. Oh, right.
2: Very well, you two.
3: Take care of them, and then form up in a semicircle and then we'll make our way to
0: the trail. Very well. Corio fully has unsheathed her blades at this point, and she looks from Renier to Relandir. Finally, her eyes landing on Vamok, and she says, Vignoretti gives a signal. And Vamok,
1: he's got his hand up, and kind of everybody's still, like, slowly creeping away, and Vamok is looking the leader of this pack kind of dead in the eyes,
0: and you see its eyes, these pallid, milky things, darting between your hand and your cells as you move, it matching and mirroring every step you take.
1: And then you can feel the tension in the air. Now!